0: The National Lawyers Guild is dedicated to the need for basic change in the structure of our political and economic systems. They seek to unite lawyers, law students, legal workers, and jailhouse lawyers of America to function as an effective political and social force in the service of the people to the end that human rights shall be regarded as more sacred than mere property interests. For more information about your legal rights, how to obtain legal assistance, or to donate, please contact the National Lawyers Guild at nlgsg.org. That's nlgsg.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio.
1: L-S-D-Fap. Acid and fapping. Fapping and acid. Acid fapping. Fapping and acid. Fap, 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 fap. Acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping.
2: My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic. Create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor.
3: The Whitewater Tyranny. Twitter and the neoliberal workplace. So, I've been off Twitter now for a month. The longest...
4: Davis for you this morning on labor and love. we will be with you in a few minutes. In the meantime, enjoy and happy service. Back with you now on Labor and Love, Ullman Brothers' version of a classic working class blues.
5: That's how I was defined, as if that was my life, my hope and my mind, but I worked in a bake shop, did the housework at night, and there was no time star for a young bird in
6: flight
5: well in time there were babies and i had to make
4: there's our opening set, such as it is. You're tuned to Mutiny Radio. Those first 16 minutes were for uh, technical difficulties, but we're back now. That set included, most recently Barbara Streisand, a very young Barbara Streisand singing a song, doing the reactionary, from the musical Pins and Needles. Musical that was written and produced by Women's, Ladies Garment Workers Union. Thirties, I believe, it had a rerun in the fifties. Pins and needles, all about working in a factory, clothing factory, and what happens when a strike happens. For that, we had Barbara Dane. I heard an interview with Barbara Dane this week. A uh, woman into her 90s now. For many, many years, a strident. Strident. Uh, she t- entitled her uh, her album I Hate the Capitalist System. And that last one was, I'm a working woman and the future is mine. And before that, a conversation with one of the other DJs here inspired me to put on Stormy Monday Blues, a version by the Almond Brothers of a classic, classic T-Bone Walker song about The life of working people. They call it Stormy Monday, but Tuesday's just as bad. Well, let me introduce myself, in case you don't know. This is The Bee. My name is Bill Morgan. And this show, which is produced by me, here at Mutiny Radio. We we, At Mutiny Radio, we have a physical space, 2781 21st Street. We're just gearing up for the seventh annual, the seventh annual comedy festival. Um, Here at Mutiny, we're the, the center of the underground comic movement, comedy movement in San Francisco. Every week, three or four shows live shows as well, about comedy, how-to. You can get up and test out your, your licks. You're just beginning. You can try it out. And people, other comics, will sit and listen to what you have to say. They will criticize it in a constructive way, help you understand what you're doing that works. And then they'll go over to what isn't working and what you might be able to improve. Reminds me of the uh, great saxophone players of the late 30s and 40s having uh, contests, competitions. At any rate, that's happening here at Mutiny Radio and it's also true that We have a radio station here and you're listening to it. We have uh, 30, 40 shows about all different things. If you listen to our breaker, you can hear some of the things it's about. In my case, the show is called Labor and Love Radio and it's about by for uh, the working people working people of san from the mission district of san francisco of california of the usa of the world and it will have our world labor report so come on down to mutiny and find your voice we've got art installations we've got video shows uh it's uh it's a community arts center, is what it was. We call it a radio station, but it's a lot more than that. So come on down and try it out. On this show, Labor and Love, we have uh, some credos, things that we believe in, and hopefully you do too. Let's take a look at some of those. Every week we take a look at some of our credos. So you're not that into politics. Your boss is. Your landlord is. Your insurance company is. And every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny your coverage. Time to get into politics. We'll have a feature today about how Republican attorney generals all over the nation are working to keep your pay low. Immigrants? Immigrants? Hmm. Can I tell you a secret? I don't even care if they're undocumented immigrants in Without social security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people think they get. vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. This whole wall, what a piece of theater. The whole wall, deport the illegals, BS is just the 1%, convincing the working poor to blame a subset of the working poor, for the fact that they're all poor. Divide and conquer has always been a tool of the bosses. Instead, people don't realize that they're all poor because of the income inequality. Billionaires, millionaires produced every day. The vast price inflation in combination with wage stagnation In other words, you're poor because you don't get paid enough money. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. Because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. How about that, huh? a couple more when the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape that's when you know it's a war on women imagine now woman gets raped she is made pregnant is forced to have the baby In some states, she's forced to let the rapist father visit the baby. And she can get penalized if she decides not to have the baby. Meanwhile, rape is something like 8% of all rape cases ever end up in anyone doing any time. What can you say, huh? What can you say? Couple more. And this one is a key one for me because one of my causes, the cause that animates a lot of my work is labor education. And here's the great Utah Phillips talking about labor education. Kids don't have a little brother working in the coal mine. They don't have a little sister coughing her lungs out in the looms of the big town of the Northeast. Why? Because we organized. We broke the back of the sweatshops in this country. We have child labor laws. Those are not benevolent gifts from enlightened management. They were fought for. They were bled for, they were died for by working people, by people like us. Kids ought to know that. That's why I sing these songs. That's why I tell these stories, damn it. No root, no fruit. Well, okay, that'll do for credos for this week. Think about these things, because there really are people who are trying to lower your wages. And raise your rent, <laughs> and raise the cost of health care, and the cost of food. All the things you need to live a decent life. Well, here's a bit of here's a bit of uh, positive news that happened this week. Gavin Newsom. Signing an order.
7: They barely
6: noticed.
4: having Newsom signed a bill about voting rights. Uh, that's one of the major issues in our time, voting. Let's see what KCRA has to say about
8: it. The thing we do get, though, is an election is uh, in front of us. And there's a lot of concern and anxiety uh, around Uh, this november's election in terms of making sure that you can conduct yourself in a safe way and to make sure your health is protected and to make sure that we are reaching out uh, to all registered eligible voters and giving them the opportunity and giving them the choice uh, not to feel like they have to go into a concentrated dense environment where their health may be at risk but provide an additional asset and additional resources by way of voting by mail Uh, I signed an executive order uh, about an hour ago uh, that will allow every registered voter in the state of California to receive a mail-in ballot. That mail-in ballot is important, but it's not an exclusive substitute to physical locations people that otherwise uh, are not familiar with mail-in ballots, uh, are uncomfortable with them, uh, may have disabilities, uh, may have other issues that may preclude that as an appropriate option. We still want to have the appropriate number of physical sites for people to vote as well. We've been working with our extraordinary Secretary of State, Alex Padilla, for many, many months on this. Uh, He has not hesitated since the beginning of this pandemic to make this one of his top priorities. We're also working with legislative uh, leaders that also want to share their voice in this space as well. In the executive order uh, to release... Uh, a framework of getting a mail-in ballot. We also have put in some specific language about the need in the next days and weeks by the end of this month at the latest uh, to put together a very detailed plan on physical locations uh, that need to be set up uh, for our...
4: Okay, that was Newsom talking about voting this one is on case earlier in the in the year this one is about specifically about farm workers and um
9: well, here at home, Governor Newsom has signed legislation that expands union rights for farm workers.
1: The governor was under a lot of pressure on this one. kcr 3s Maricela de la Cruz joins us live from the state capitol. The UFW had been holding a vigil there for weeks, and Maricela, we see people dancing, so they're clearly happy.
10: Yeah, well, many are celebrating after this pleasant surprise. Nobody out here was really expecting Governor Newsom to show up and sign AB 2183 today. Some of them tell me that they had even lost some hope. 335 miles later and a 31-day vigil outside the state capitol. <laughs> this afternoon, Governor Gavin Newsom showed up unannounced at the United Farm Workers vigil set up and signed AB 2183.
11: Totally unexpected.
10: Sochil Nunez walked the 24 days from Delano to Sacramento in hopes that Newsom would sign the bill, which would allow farm workers in the state to vote in union elections without fear of retaliation from their employers.
11: Y cuando lo miro yo al gobernador atrás de mi me dice, where are you going?
10: She says that she was in disbelief when she saw Newsom behind her, and cried.
11: As
10: she expressed gratitude for the right to join unions outside of her employer. The UFW, the Newsom administration, and the California Labor Federation agreed on clarifying the bill's language to be passed, during next year's legislative session and which will address Newsom's concerns around implementation and voting integrity.
11: The UFW uh, will work with the governor and the legislature in coming up with some changes to the legislation uh, that will ease the implementation of AB 2183, make it a better law.
10: The supplemental agreement between the three agencies includes a cap on the number of card checked petitions over the next five years and will allow the California Agricultural Labor Relations Board to protect worker confidentiality and safety. And Newsom's signature also marks an end for this vigil. They had been out here for 30 nights, 31 days, as we remember, enduring a record heat wave. Live at the Capitol, Maricela de la Cruz, ACR in News.
4: Okay, earlier Newsom had signed um, in May, I believe that first part was where he signed the bill for mail-in ballots for all voters. This one is more concerned with farm workers being able to vote securely. In other words, in many places on where farm workers would vote, the votes were collected by the employer or an agent of the employer. Um, in several several situations, votes were opened, and who knows what had happened to them. Anyway, this makes it. This is a card. You have to sign a card that says you want to have a union. Okay, you don't have to. You might have to go through pressure and everything. Thing, but at least you can secretly vote and securely vote now. This lady was so overcome by uh, the governor's presence that he uh, that she started to cry. Governor Gavin Newsom. Well, we've got some features here. What are we going to talk about today? Well, the U.S is the most overworked developed nation in the world. We work more hours than any other developed country. The strike that started the red wave 10 years ago, Chicago teachers set off a fuse spread all over the country and continues to apply itself even now. Did you realize the average American worker takes less vacation time than a medieval peasant? I didn't. Minor league baseball players get a contract. Here's the one we were talking about, about people who wanna cut your wages. We've got uh, Tom Morello. Playing an old union song, giving his opinion about unions. Frontier Strikes. Frontier Airlines struck and got won a couple of their demands. Radio Labor, which we will play. Labor History in two. a Newsome. Okay, let's play. I wanted to play uh, a jumpy, sprightful little tune by uh, Artie Shaw and his orchestra. And Shaw, who was a, a swing clarinetist one of the best certainly one of the best white clarinets right up there with Benny Goodman say even more
7: Back in the kitchen, cause when to get through, I need to eat. I must it? Fix me collard greens and cornbread rice. Chicken breast, oxtails on the side. That's what I'm talking about. on the wood, get my business ready. Cause when to get through, I need to ride. Come on! Dr. West, count the money, count the money. Come back and tell us what you raised. We ain't to find another people. I got some people, there looking for some best. First, God, got to get the praying. Come on, y'all. See, there's an old saying. When the praises go up, you Coming down. I got some people in the church, God Almighty, look at them, They messin' around. Lord, me. Come on, come on. Woo! Here now, to the now, now, now. Here to the now, here to the now, to the now, now, now. Listen. I got people in the church smoking weed, drinking whiskey. They drinking a lot of gin. What you say? I got the preacher with the night prayer, mean talkin' about. Can I give an amen? Come on. Early Morning. about a quarter and a half past the 10, yeah, I got some people, they coming off the street, God Almighty, look at them, they're strolling in, they need help, they land at the altar, they confess the sin, they're sin, come on, wait, time to see them on the morning, they doing the same thing again, hypocrite, hypocrite, hell no, come on, till the no, no. kids dropping out of school talking about they
6: don't want to learn yet they're standing on the corner rolling blunts talking about
7: come on let burn y'all better get back to school i got kids walking up and down the street pants hanging down around their knees talking about that they're looking for a job. when i see them did a book i said please talk about see all they ever talk about brag about who got the biggest and the baddest guns trying to see the copper with the bubble top Now the chef got him locked up. <laughs> they're sitting in the county jail. It's a shame. I heard the mama, she was crying all night. She can't get no money for the bill. Come on. Now the man with the homeboy, cause they didn't put no money in the commissary. Your friend gone now. They had you in the jail, brother, man. You were get headed for the cemetery. Come on, wait. See, there's an old saying that a hard head makes us all behind. Yeah. Well, since you didn't cry. Don't do the time, stop the baby crying, come on, come on. Hell no, to the no, no, no. Yeah, to the no, hell to the no, to the no, no, no. Listen, when people talk about you, all you gotta do is let them talk much as they please. That's what they gonna do, y'all. Cause all you gotta do is get down on your knees. Tell a lot about it. You tell God about it and I can't. Tell the devil, hell no, won't you leave
0: These are in, Robbie.
2: FD meant it.
6: baby.
4: The no Wait, uh, playing for change production. Uh, they uh, loop together musicians from all over the world playing a single song and keep cutting to different, different scenarios where the playing's going on. Before that, we had Bishop Bullwinkle. With a nod to my best buddy Earl Coleman, who we tragically lost this year. Bishop Bullwinkle, uh-uh, with a nana. And before that, as I as I said, Artie Shaw. With some zippy weekend jazz, Summit Ridge Drive about 11 now we still have to go through our labor beat but i do want to play our radio labor selection because it connects us to workers all over the world remember in every time in every space in every land and climb workers have stood up to make their lives and jobs better in many cases just to get a minimum wage and a work situation they can stand. So, Radio Labor World Report. We'll come back with our Labor Beat.
11: This is Solidarity News
4: on Radio Labor.
0: This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, September 30th, 2022. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, how an Australian union won protection for public service workers, gender activism and climate change, the latest start report about union events and singing. You
6: knew, Grandpa, you knew, Grandma, so tell me what did you tell me what
8: you do? You knew, Grandma, you knew,
6: Grandma, so tell Tell me what did you 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 do?
0: This is Radio Labour.
1: Privatisation just doesn't work.
0: That is Maddie Norton. Ms. Norton is the Regional Director of the Australian Capital Territory Section of the Country's Community and Public Sector Union, the CPSU. The section, which operates under its acronym ACT, is centered around the Australian capital of Canberra. In a recent webinar, she described how a successful ACT campaign to protect public services was conducted.
1: This has been a really long-standing campaign, um, but I'm not going to even say it was the CPSU. It was actually, this stemmed from Public Services International People's Inquiry into Privatisation all the way back in 2017, uh, which did a bit of a road trip all around Australia talking to Uh, unions, the community sector, anyone who was interested in coming along. um, And, unsurprisingly, I found that privatisation just doesn't work. Uh, From here, the CPSU, uh, actually our our former political lead, Karen Atherton, she came to me one day and she said, I really think this is something, the findings of the People's Inquiry into privatisation is something that the CPSU should put into action. And I think the ACT government will be the place to do it. So we thought, OK, big job, but we'll we'll give it a go. And, um, and so we started doing our campaign plan. Uh, and we are lucky in that um, we have both a fantastic membership here in the ACT government, and we also have um, a long-term labour pro-worker government as well, which really helped move things along, particularly when uh, our in- industrial... Uh, any movement on the industrial side of things has been... Uh, really dampened in the past 10 years because we've had a conservative government at the federal level so we're able to find a local uh you know territory government where we could actually do this so back in july uh 2020 we officially launched the public services in public hands campaign there was a uh, a territory election in october or november 2020 and we got members involved So it wasn't just us at the union running it. You know, we were doing petitions. We were getting our members uh, who were affected uh, going and meeting with ministers and backbenchers to talk about the impact that this would have on their work and the quality of work that could be delivered if uh, all these services that over generations have been outsourced to the private sector, not-for-profits, NGOs, uh, if they were done by the government uh, with you know, everything that comes along with that. So a better service delivery, but also we know that government jobs, uh, generally speaking, have much better pay-in conditions than uh, doing the equivalent work in the private sector or the NGO sector. Uh, So from July uh, all the way through the end of the year, we ran a um, a really big uh, election campaign Uh, trying to pressure the ACT government into committing to an insourcing framework. And it was in support of candidates who said that they would be standing up for public services and secure jobs. Uh, There was no way we were going to be campaigning for anyone who didn't agree to that agenda. So just prior to the election, we had a win. The ACT Labor uh, committed to protecting our public services to make sure that they stay in public hands. Now, it's fantastic to get that commitment, but there was still more work to do because uh, while ACT Labor is in government, we are now sharing government with uh, the ACT Greens Party. And I think most of you in your countries have a Greens Party, same sort of thing here, Uh, which meant there had to be a parliamentary governing agreement between both parties. Uh, And thankfully, we had good people at the table from the Labor Party who managed to include commitment to legislate to prevent the outsourcing or privatisation of public sector jobs and implement, implement a whole-of-government policy that p- government services will not be contracted out where they could be performed by public servants. What we have is a commitment for legislation to be in place by the end of 2022.
0: One of the ways climate change activism can be encouraged is to promote the connection between climate and gender. That is the central message in a campaign being conducted by Education International. EI is the global union federation for teachers and other education workers. It represents more than 30 million union members in 172 countries. A recent EI webinar presented the work of women climate change activists in Uganda. Here is one of the webinar's participants.
9: My name is Vanessa Nakate. I am a climate justice activist from Uganda, with the Rise Up movement and Fridays for Future. And I'm also the author of A Bigger Picture. When I started the climate strikes in Uganda, most of the times I was doing these strikes by myself. And then I started to reach out to different schools to be able to speak to students and to tell them about the the importance of protecting our environment and the role that the young people have in ensuring that we have a safe and healthy planet for all of us. I also started to speak to my friends that I had gone to school with about the climate movement and asking them to join the movement and start striking for the climate. I remember in the beginning, many of them were hesitant to join the movement because we were just finishing university And we were 21, 22, 23. And many of my friends felt like the movement was only for teenagers at that time in 2019. So I remember suggesting that we call ourselves Youth for Future. So that is when we we made the first group and we were calling ourselves Youth for Future from Uganda. And we started to strike together and organize together and reach out to schools together but now we changed our name to the rise up movement in 2020 and what we are doing in rise up movement is you know reaching out to different people in schools and communities and carrying out climate education and also you know running a number of projects you know like the installation of solar panels and eco-friendly cookstoves mm-hmm. in schools in uganda uh, providing um, fruit trees and planting fruit trees in households uh, in different parts of Uganda, a project that is led by one of the activists, Evelina Cham. And also, a project that ensures that girls and young women who have not been able to finish school are able to receive skills that can help them live more healthy lives and more sustainable lives. And this is a project, Girl on the Move, that is led by Isaac We're also an activist within the Rise Up movement. And the other thing that we do as the Rise Up movement is to ensure that activists from the most affected areas have their voices amplified, especially from the African continent. We know how Africa is suffering some of the worst impacts of the climate crisis. So some of the things that we do is to try and find opportunities for platforms or interviews for activists to be able to speak and tell their stories. We believe that every activist has a story to tell and every story has a solution to give and every solution has a life to change.
0: Here with his report about union events is Labour Story correspondent Derek Blackadder.
12: This week, our top story section included links to coverage of the international labor organization's call for a revitalized global labor movement, the persecution of journalists covering the anti-hijab protests in Iran, just as Iranian oil workers threatened to strike in support of those same protests and how trade unions in Haiti are somehow managing to continue to organize workers in the struggle for basic labor rights and an improved standard of living despite the chaos in that country. We also carried news of the hostile environment for unions at Botswana Post, an increase in the minimum wage for garment workers in Cambodia, and the bleak analysis of the Zimbabwean economy just released by unions there. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news items about the struggles of women taxi drivers in Lesotho, the participation of Palestinian workers in the first-ever conference of Arab women trade unionists, and renewed efforts by Irish trade unions to accurately gauge and to reduce the gender pay gap in that country. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes coverage of a new coordinated workplace safety campaign by textile unions in Morocco, Jordan, Tunisia, Egypt, and Palestine. We also covered the successful end of a safety strike by oil workers in Argentina and reports that safety regulations limiting workers' exposure to high outdoor temperatures are not being enforced in the United States. We also had coverage of an innovative solidarity action by First Union in New Zealand. The union is handing out free hot dogs topped with kimchi to truck drivers. The action is meant not only to build solidarity with South Korean truckers in their safety strike, but to build awareness of safety issues, particularly fatigue, amongst first union members. Our current photo of the week is of Portuguese transport workers who, like millions around the world, are striking for a wage increase that at least matches the rising rate of inflation. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor.
0: Now here is Australia's Victorian Trade Union Choir with You Knew Grandpa, You Knew.
2: No!
6: You knew our world would be in trouble as your emissions grew and grew. You said it's only profit.
2: Dirty,
6: We hope oh, it's getting through to you Why did your pal stay so dirty? How
2: come you, you didn't just renew? You left your sea of two
6: above.
1: 2040
6: Sit up and listen to a view that you were selfish and were naughty to leave a world in such as you. You knew the temperature was rising. You hoped
1: that
6: it must stop at two.
1: It's more, and so it's not surprising, surprising that we can put
6: the blame on you.
1: Grandpa, you knew, Grandpa, so tell, tell me what did you do? You knew, Grandma, you knew, Grandpa, so tell me what did you do? You knew this hole was not the, the future, clean gas and oxymoron too. You
7: had a lovely life to suit you
6: And never wanted to say, whoa! You knew you really couldn't hack it To make the change when it was due And now it's gonna cost a packet To fix what you neglected to You...
4: Okay, well that's you knew, Grandpa, you knew... Looks like we lost it. I wanted to play this one from Galletresti. <laughs>
3: $2.27 January 17, 1956. America, I can't stand my own mind. America, when will we end the human war?
6: Nobody said it would be easy
4: Morello here, Camarillo there, with a, uh, a version of an old labor song called Hold the Line. And I um, want to move to a little bit of philosophy here. Recently, I started a new podcast called, probably enough, Street Corner Dialectics and I just commit had my first version now this is about the dialectic this is about a a philosophical construct of how information is in different versions and different opinions pose each other and develop um Synthesis. Let's see how it goes. Interested in seeing how it came out. Here we go. Hello, everybody. This is Bill Morgan, and this is All Things Labor on Street Corner Dialectics. And today we're going to talk about the first strike in history. Yes, what was the first strike in recorded history? And we know for sure it went on before recorded history. I want to talk about something called Dialectics. The the name of this show is Street Corner Dialectics. And I'm sure there are people there who don't um, know exactly what dialectics is or what it, you know, what it's about. Dialectics is simply a way of using your opinion. Okay, a contest between... Dialectics is generally a, a way of arguing, a way of finding the flaws in your opponent's point of view. But um, dialectics also is about how things change. In dialectics, the idea is that there's something that's stated, or something that's stated, or something that is and begins everything. And then that goes out and acts on the world, and then there's an opposition force that develops, and they struggle with one another, and something that's a combination of the two in some way is produced. And then it becomes the thing or the stated thing. It's called. Uh, thesis, antithesis, so dialectics is the way this this show is going to be. These are going to be dialectics, but not dialectics from a philosophy book or from the brain of some crazy professor. (laughs) This is the dialectics of the street corner, everyday dialectic dealing with people's lives and the economic facts about their lives and the power facts about their lives. Just as we were talking earlier about the first strike, the first recorded strike, we have to say that dialectically it was a response to their lack of wages, their lack of food. And this was, so the dialectic began with the thesis of the Pharaoh and the synthesis of it. The employing class is always going to be greedy. There's always going to be another ne'er-do-well son. Right. Or there's always going to be something, you know, something going on that, that a guy has to prove himself or something by earning a lot of money. Okay, so so the whole idea of such wealth is just so. Yeah, so Junior wants to earn his way too. Any rate, the strike in Egypt succeeded. After one or two months, the pharaoh's corrupt officials finally got it together to give the wages to the workers. People who are creating this beauty, this beauty and grandeur that has lasted. That has lasted all this time. It's the work of regular people. Pyramids. Okay, so people say, Oh, you know, I'm worried about the labor movement. Labor movement going to hell, you know. Labor movement is not. So on that very basic level, I can't really <clears throat> worry about the labor movement because the labor movement is a reaction. Labor reaction is, it's a, the reaction is to people who don't pay you your wages while you do the work. In this case, that's what it is. So they're reacting. Their bosses are cutting their pay for one reason or another, and they're reacting. This is the the antithesis. The thesis is the Pharaoh and the ruling class go on forever without opposition, like inertia, like a ball, but it's not a ball, is it? It's not a ball, because an antithesis. And in this case, the antithesis is not people who have read a bunch of philosophy. They are people who have lived bitter lives, and who have risen to the point where they are. These are very well-off artisans who are doing this work, the very best. That's why I say I'm not worried about the labor movement because the rich will always go too far. In their greed. That's what greed is. Notice we have a minimum wage in this country, but we don't have a maximum wealth. The rich can't be limited. Greed can't be limited. Someday I might get an idea and, and make a. So don't worry about the labor movement. It's there because it's a response. It's a response. Agree. All right, well, you just heard chapter one of Street Corner Dialectics. Dialectics is, is a way of arguing and pressing your point, finding the flaws in someone else's argument and using that flaw to the argument, to combat the argument, um, it, between this interchange of voices, a new situation is supposed to arrive. arise. Anyway, we'll talk more about that next week and in the weeks to come. The U.S. is the most overworked nation in the world. This is on 20-something finance financial site for young workers. We as Americans work too many hours. If you don't believe so, check out the following data points that compare us to our peers around the world. Americans are often referred to as lazy. We are far from it. We work hard, we are productive, and we work a lot of hours with very little paid holiday, vacation, and parental leave to show for it. Let's break down some of the data. According to the Center for American Work, American Progress on the topic of work and family life balance. In nineteen sixty only twenty percent of mothers worked Today, 70% of American children live in households where all adults are employed. I don't care who stays home and who works in terms of gender, work opportunity for all, it's a family choice. But when all adults are working with a household, within a household with children, that's a huge hit to the American family and free time. The U.S. is the only company in the Americas without a national paid parental leave benefit. The average is over 12 weeks of paid leave anywhere other than Europe, and over 20 weeks in Europe. Zero industrialized nations are without a mandatory option for new parents to take parental leave. That is the United States, only country without a mandatory option for new parents to take parental leave. U.S. workers work an average of 1,767 hours per year. Versus other... Developing countries or developed countries, average of 1,687. 435 hours more than German workers. 400 more hours per year than United Kingdom workers. 365 more hours a year than French workers. And 169 more than Japanese workers. Of all the developed countries, only the workers in Chile, Mexico, Israel, Korea, and Costa Rica average more year, uh, hours worked per year. Using data collected by the US Bureau of Labor Standards, productivity per American worker has increased 430. One way to look at that is that it should take less than one quarter of the work hours or 10 hours a week to afford the same standard of living as a worker in 1950. Or that our standard of living should be over four times higher. Is that the case? Obviously not. Someone is profiting. It's not the average So we'll talk some more about these facts, these statistics. But right now, time for us to get out of here and hand you over to Mr. Flat Black Plastic, Scott Walker and his show. Remember, one person gets a dollar they didn't work for someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get you don't have a a seat at the table the negotiating table that is where you live and work live and or work you're on the menu someone else is trying to raise your rent Never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. This is Labor and Love Radio signing off. Stay tuned right now for Flat Black Plastic. And have a good week and good work. Remember, you're only alone.
0: Me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the sea
3: leaves no clue dear it's not like a little my if the baby is deformed dear you just blame the other side strontium 90 leaves no trace dear no one knows who gets the knife you can always say that background radiation took the life in your milk on Monday morning comes an extra little kick well the taste is just the same dear but the geiger counters click oh the shark has pretty teeth dear and he shows them pearly white and the a. They keep them out of sight.